Well, I mean, I I said it. I said it a couple series ago before the uh, the Minnesota Twins series that the Yankees were about to enter a tough stretch. Twins, Cubs, Rays, Rays again, Toronto, Houston. And I said if they can go 14 and 5 on that stretch, which is a hard thing to do, but if you want to be considered special, do it. So if they can go 14 and 5, I would consider using that term special and I would buy in to this team. And so far, got a lot to go. But so far the Yankees are 8 and 1 on that stretch, taking 2 out of 3 from Minnesota, taking the sweep at home against the Cubs and another sweep at home against the Rays. They swept the home stand. They've won seven in a row, and so they're eight and one on this stretch, meaning they would have to go six and four the rest of the way to get me to start using that term special. So it, it's been a hell of a ride so far, and we're going to talk about it in episode 381 of BD4. Let's get into it. This is RJ Carbone, and you're listening to BD4. everybody welcome to the show welcome to the podcast you are listening to episode 381 of bd4 i'm your host rj carbone if you are new to the show well uh yeah welcome i'm your host rj and this is episode 381 of the podcast bd4 where there's no better way to get your yankees and knicks analysis we also to MMA now too, Yanks every series, Knicks every game, MMA on the weekends. Welcome. Be sure if you have not yet and you are new to subscribe to the show and be sure to download these podcast episodes that you are listening to. Um, you can listen to the show on many platforms, Apple Podcasts, and if you do it there, be sure to give us a five-star rating and review. We are currently a five-star podcast and would like to keep it that way. Um, you can listen to us on Spotify as well as watch us on Spotify. You can listen to us or watch us, actually. You can watch us on YouTube. Um, you can listen to us on SoundCloud, Anchor, Google Podcasts, and many other listening podcasts platforms. Podcast platforms. Um and uh, yeah, if you want to follow me on social media, I'm also on Facebook, r.j.carbone. And I'm also active on Instagram, at Rob J. Carbone. And lastly, guys, if you like to read 
whoops, that's the wrong slide here. If you like to read, um, I write a blog. I write for Ultimate Sports Networks. So if you go to their website, ultimatesportsnetworks.com, and you put into the search bar the Bomber Bocker blog, you'll find my blog, the Bomber Bocker blog, where I write content about the Yankees and Knicks. Um, I'm not on there every series like I am on the podcast here, but I am on there a decent amount. Um, I would be on there more writing about these Yankees, the Yankees, and, the, and you know, writing up recaps and stuff. Uh, but sometimes the website locks me out. It's like it, it it goes down a lot. The servers don't work, so I don't know what's up there. But if you do want to keep up with my Yankees content um, in reading format, go to ultimatesportsnetworks.com and put into the search bar the Bomber Bocker blog. And there you'll find my content. Um, be sure, though, when you subscribe to the Bomberbacher blog on ultimatesportsnetworks.com, do so using promo code 6A2841 ERJC. That is promo code 6A2841 ERJC. This way, you get a discount 20% off your subscription. And 10% off any merch that you purchase from the Bomberbacher blog. With that all said, um, let's get into the show. Now, I do want to let you know this will probably be a shorter episode. Um, I know we usually go 45 minutes, I would say 45 minutes to maybe a little over an hour on average. Anywhere from that range. But this one, I'm going to try to shoot for 30 minutes, give or take. Just because... Um, It is the morning after the Yankees swept the Rays, so it's Friday, June 17th, 9 in the morning. Um, I have work pretty soon. I have to get ready for work, so I'm going to try to make this episode fairly quick. Um, But, you know, we'll we'll, we'll get to everything we need to. Hopefully we don't forget anything, but I think there there was nothing major. Just when you keep winning, there's, there's not much you could talk about but good things, so... Let's get into it. Let's let's head to our first real quick break. Get back and we'll start the episode up. Stay with us. Be right there. Alright, welcome back to the show. You are listening to episode 381 of BD4. I'm your host, RJ Carbone. And and let's get into it. Let's talk about this race series. Um, was it after the first... I think it was... Um, was today's Friday, Thursday, Wednesday, Tuesday? It was Tuesday night, I think. After the Yankees won Tuesday night. I turned on MLB Network. Right? And this... I didn't even get an alert for this at the time. Usually you do, but I did. I wasn't even looking at my phone. I just happened to turn on MLB Network on, I think it was Tuesday night. And I saw that Miles Mikolas was pitching a no-hitter for the Cardinals. It was like, I don't know, 8-1, to 9-1. Um, the the cards were beating the, the Pirates. Of course, it was the Pirates. 
Um, and like Jesus, it was so close. He was. Uh, I turned it on in the eight, in the ninth or the eighth, but I watched it till the end. And the kid had two outs, two strikes in the ninth inning. One strike away from getting the no hitter. Um, and gee, I forget who it was. And I probably should find out who it was because he deserves credit, but leaves the pitch a little, I guess, up over the plate. But um, whoever it was ends up smacking it over the center fielder, and it ends up being a ground rule double, and and that was it. The no-hitter was off. Um, Just one strike away. Not one inning away, not one out away. One strike away from completing the no-hitter was Miles, and he could not get it done. Uh, it was so, it was, ah, oh, I felt so bad. I wanted to see it, but, um, yeah, that happened. Um, around baseball, the Yankees just keep winning. Everybody else, you know, the Braves are hot. I, I love to see that lead by the uh, little brother in town shrinking every day now. Um, it's fun because Boston, Boston actually lost last night, but they've been winning a little more lately, and it has done absolutely nothing, zero impact as far as the standings go. So you gotta love that. And you look at the standings right now. I mean, Jesus! After this sweep, which was a huge sweep, they took the bonus game in the third game of the set yesterday. Now they they're up ten. They're up ten in the division over the Jays, who they're going to face now in Canada. They're up twelve games over the Rays. And and then, you know, 13 and a half over Boston, who nobody cares about, and 20 over the Orioles, who nobody cares about either. That's huge. The next closest team is 10 games back. So if the Yankees figure out a way to take this series too, preferably sweep, that is huge. But, um, yeah, I mean, 47 and 16, I mean, Jesus Christ, you can't even, uh, that's hard to fathom something that great, right? It, it is a hell of a, hell of a run they've been on all year all year has been one giant hot stretch like you know how when we talk about hot stretches we go like oh they're they're x and x in their last so-and-so games well the yankees are 47 and 16 in their last whatever games (laughs) you know all season has been one giant hot stretch um seven in a row nine of their last 10 and 47 of their of their last 62 what is it i don't know um yeah, uh, I saw something. Uh, Boston pregame, like the Boston Red Sox at Fenway Park the other day, had a pregame and like oh my God, those those dudes, those fat dudes dressed up as like female circus clowns. What do they call them? Because it's it's June, it's it's you know Pride Month, and like oh my God, they're mixing this shit into baseball now. Um, and their pregame ceremony, <laughs> it was so disturbing. Like, what the, like, in baseball, a pregame, nobody's going to watch that. Nobody's coming to watch that shit. And they had to force it down people's throats pregame. These these three giant men dressed as women. What do they call them? Queens? Something, something. Uh, I don't fucking know. I'm not into this shit. I, I, I don't know what it's called. Something queen or or. Jack, Jack, Jack Queen. Uh, I don't. <laughs> but um, I know the term is just not coming to me. 
Oh my gosh! And the, they're throwing at the catcher, the Boston Red Sox catcher, and you could just tell he's like, "I gotta do this shit." I can only imagine, and I'm shocked. Like Boston is the city to like have that happen in. I was just cracking up at it. <laughs> just like, what the fuck? But this is where we are. We got it. We got it. You know, anything, anything for profit, right? Anything that sells. So uh, let's talk. Anyways. Uh, yeah, let's talk Yankees. So let's get into the first game of the set, um, which took place again on uh, Wednesday. No, Tuesday. Tuesday night's game. The Yankees took the 2 nothing victory um, Tuesday night with Garrett Cole on the mound going up against Corey Kluber, who apparently we can't hit him. Uh, he's very old, at least in his mid-30s. I, I want to say 36. He could be older. He's not the same pitcher anymore. I feel like we should probably start hitting him. Um, but he's faced them, I believe, twice so far this season. Yeah. Um, and and we just... <laughs> Excuse me. And he has our number. We just can't hit him. Um, IKF was the only offense in the game. He led the team with two hits. Um, had a single and a double in there. Had the only RBI of the game. Uh, obviously, in the, in the bottom of the fourth inning, that came. Um, he slapped a base hit to left field. It actually made it 2 nothing. Uh, two scored thanks to the Randy Arozarena throwing error. Uh, but also, Glaber Torres does a nice job on the basis to score. Nothing crazy, but, you know, the last two years, the Yankees or Glaber does not score there. Um, Stanton is also probably not sent there. So, it was good to get two runs out of a situation where last year we get one at most. Um, and yeah, the other guys didn't really do much offensively. I mean, Rizzo had a hit, uh, LeMayu had a hit, Glaber Torres had a hit, or, uh, yeah, he had a hit, he had a double, actually. Stanton drew two walks, uh, Gallo, the only other Yankee to reach base with a walk. Um, DJ LeMayu, a base hit, oh, I'm sorry, we just said that. Um, I think that was it. Oh, DJ made a nice play. He made an excellent play to start the game off at third base. Um, he also had a hit taken away from him early by Taylor Walls. Um, what else? What else? What else in this game? Not much. I mean, Judge made a great catch in the top of the third inning. Garrett Cole, a good bounce back, a strong bounce back. Six innings pitched, five hits, no home runs allowed, no runs. He was actually our featured starting pitcher. Of the series, Garrett Cole was, um, yeah, one walk, seven strikeouts, 92 pitches total. He's now 6-1 and one on the year with a 3-3-3 ERA. It went down, so nice bounce back. He's allowed one run or less in three of his last four starts. Obviously, the one where he didn't was when he imploded against the Minnesota Twins. So, he needed a strong bounce back outing badly after that horrendous effort. Didn't get a dominant one like I was hoping for. Like, I wanted seven innings, zero runs, ten plus Ks. But, I mean, you can't be spoiled at this point. We got a strong one from him. Um, you know, he was tested a little bit in the bottom of the, or the top of the sixth inning. But, got the big double play to escape it unharmed. Leaves the mound fired up. And I love that. It seems like every guy now is kind of showing that passion. Pounding their fist into their gloves a lot. It used to kind of just be like Luis Severino did that. Right, but now everybody's starting. To, even Jordan Montgomery the other day, um, doing it. So I love to see the energy there. 
Uh, but yeah, Cole looked good. He was he was um, very slider reliant. The slider was working very well. That was his go-to secondary pitch behind the four-seam fastball. He threw the cutter the least in this one, just three times, um, but executed where he needed to execute. Um, the bullpen in this game, very good. Three very sharp innings. No runs allowed. Peralta was good. He's kind of their go-to seventh-inning guy now. He's been pitching well all year and getting high-leverage innings and, and executing. Michael King was great. He attacked a lot with that breaking ball. Call it a slider. Call it a curve. Whatever it is, it works. Kind of reminds me of Batances' breaking ball. Um... Clay Holmes was awesome. Recorded his 10th save. Judge made a nice play at the end there as well to end the game in center field. And the Yankees won 2-zip. That was really all from that game. Let's talk about the second game of the set. First, we're going to have the break. Stay with us. Be right back. Hey, guys. So, I've noticed that only a small portion of you who watch BD4 on YouTube are actually subscribed. So if you do enjoy this podcast, and maybe you want to be notified when new episodes release, I'd consider subscribing and also hitting that notification bell. This way, we can help the channel grow, and you won't miss a single episode of BD4. Alright, let's get back to it. So, if you guys want to follow me on social media, be sure to do so right now. I'm on Facebook at RJ Carbone, and I'm also on Instagram at Rob J Carbone. Once again, if you want to find me on Facebook, that is RJ Carbone. Instagram at Rob J Carbone. And welcome back to the show. You are listening to episode 381 of BD4. Wednesday night, the Yankees picked up their sixth sixth straight win at the time. 4-3 to three over the Tampa Bay Rays. Um, you had Nestor Cortez going up against Shane McClanahan. So ace going toe-to-toe with an ace. This was the one everybody was... You know, expecting to be a pitcher's duel the entire way. Ends up being the one game where uh, the overhit of the series, the only game um, where where each team scored a decent amount. I mean, 4-3. Um, but yeah, bottom of the first inning, right away, uh, Aaron Judge mashes his 25th, his 25th home run of the season to make it one nothing. I mean... Like, I was joking. I mean, I think all of us were joking at one point about, like, getting the 60 home run thing. 
it's possible. I mean, he's he's projected to get 66, 65 maybe. I mean, I don't know. I, I'm still trying to be a little more conservative just to not be let down. I, I still think he, if he stays healthy, um, ends up somewhere in the 50-something range because 60 is hard. But honestly, if you're saying you expect him to hit 60, I, I wouldn't disagree. I mean, the way he's on, the way he's hitting, Christ, Christ. And again, it it's not, I know he only hit, you know, the, the homer was his only hit of the series, but all season long, it's not just been the home run, right? That's what, that's the difference between Judge this year and Judge in recent years. Now, Judge has always been a complete hitter. He's never really hit below, like, he's always hovered around 270, 280. Um, I think he had one year, like, where he's like, 250 something but like outside of that he's always been a good hitter but this year he turned into a great hitter when he's not hitting the home run like he's able to hit the double he's able to hit a lot of singles and that's why you see the batting average a 20 plus point jump this season like he's actually figuring out ways to hit the ball anywhere in the outfield anywhere in the infield anywhere if it's not a home run it's it's a hit somehow he's going to get on base um that's why, like, the walk rate being dipped a bit this season doesn't matter because he's getting hits instead of those walks now, and hits are, are better than walks, um, despite what the analytic nerds say. I, I still don't think the single is the same exact as a double, as a, as a walk. Um, but, yeah, he's hitting hell. He's just doing a hell of a job. So one nothing after the first inning because a judge. Bottom of the fifth is when the Yankees score again. That's when Higgy... Kyle Higashioka gets his third home run um, of the season. Third home run in his last, what, three games at the time or something like that. Making it 4-0. Um, top of the six, the Rays do score. Uh, Margot, a double to make it 4-1. to Rosarino walks. Nestor's night is done. He's done after 5.1 innings, one run allowed. Top of the eighth inning. Choi and Pinto single to make it four to three. A little close there, but top of the ninth comes. Clay Holmes shuts it down again. The Yankees win. Nestor, Peralta, Castro, Litke, Holmes. That's the uh, that's the order they went in. You know this this game. There was that. This was the one with the twenty minute delay. Um, Boone was trying to get Litke into the game. There was the whole thing, you know, what the mound visit, do you have to, I don't, I, it was a whole, literally a 20 minute delay, not going to waste my time talking about it, I'm already, like, I'm still sick of of that whole thing, it was so annoying, Um, but the only good thing that came from it was pretty funny, you saw Nestor Cortez and um, Randy Rosarina making, you know, buddy buddy making friends with each other, that was interesting, (laughs) Some people took it the wrong way. I get it. Um, but it was... I, I laughed at it. It was weird. Um, but yeah, after that, Litke comes in regardless. Does not have it, but doesn't matter because the Yankees just win. That's all they do this year. They win. Um, Nestor was not great, but he was good. 5.1. Uh, just one run, four strikeouts in there. Clay Holmes kept it going, lowered it down to 0.29 now. The ERA is now in the two the point twos. 0.29 ERA. It doesn't even look real. It looks so fake. Um it's awesome. I thought actually that this was going to be the game where he finally gave up 
runs. Nope. Got a little hairy there for a second, but nope. Gets it done. Uh, I think the only damage was the double flap helmet dude. Uh, Phillips getting it based off him. Um, but yeah, the Yankees figure out a way to win. And they go for 7th straight when they pick up their win on Thursday night. 2-1. to one. Let's just get right into that um, segue there. It was, uh, well, it ended up being Clark Schmidt versus Beeks. Um, both teams kind of bullpened their way through this one. The Yankees because Severino sneezed in the pregame. Um, and the Rays, just because they're the Rays, they always do this kind of shit. Um, but yeah, I mean, I mean, if you need further proof that this Yankees team has done nothing but win regardless of the situation, look further, um, look no further uh, than this game. I mean, they had four hits the entire way. Two outside of Rizzo. They found out their number two starting pitcher could not make the start just hours before the game. Um, and they still found a way through it with a makeshift pitching lineup of Schmidt, some random random guy off the street named Ryan Weber, Marinaccio, and King. They won a game with those one, two, three, four guys pitching. I mean, uh, come on. <laughs> it's and this was against the race. So the narrative that the Yankees can't beat good teams is slowly dying. Uh, they've done a nice job against the Jays so far this season. Um, they've d- beat the Twins this season. They have done it to the Rays now this season, taking, uh, let's see, one, two, three, four, five of the three, seven games so far. They've beat the Indians, who are above 500. So, you know... <laughs> They've beat Boston uh, the opening series. They're above 500, so I guess you can call that a, a decent team. They beat the teams they were supposed to beat, and they beat 500 teams or more. So they're they're beating everybody. You don't get the 47 and 16 by accident. You have to give credit when it's due. Um, top of the fifth, um, you know you have the Mejia home run to start the game off. Weber to put the Rays up one nothing, um, but then th- that's where Rizzo. Is basically the entire offense. Uh, bottom of the sixth and the bottom of the ninth. Rizzo doing what he's been doing all year, which is providing clutch RBIs. Um, in the sixth, he ties the game with a base hit. And then in the bottom of the ninth, he walks it off with a beautiful, no doubt, shot to right center field. Um, and if you saw that home run, which was his 16th of the season. He's on pace to hit 41, which you know, that's probably not going to happen. But I mean, this guy, you know, he's on pace for a 30 home on pace. But I, he'll probably end up getting like a 30 homer, 100 plus RBI season, and that's huge. Um, that's you know, prime power numbers for Rizzo. Come on, this is just awesome. Uh, Schmidt looked awesome. He was excellent given the short notice. Uh, three innings of five strikeout ball, only had 50 pitches. Would have liked for him to go more, but we. We managed a way to win. The random name Weber also looked excellent. Just the one run. Marnaccio looked pretty good himself, and he continues to. His last four appearances, 5.1 innings pitched, he's allowed no runs and no inherited runners. In his last seven appearances, 8.2 innings pitched, he's allowed no runs and two inherited runners. Is he a weapon? I mean, he's starting to get it together. He's got pretty decent stuff. Maybe he's a weapon. Maybe we start using him... In high leverage more, um, at least until lasagna returns, which should be soon. <clears throat> Actually, it could be this weekend, I think I heard. 
not sure. Um, King was good. King gets, I think King got the win. And, um, yeah, after the game, uh, Weber, Weber was DFA'd. So, thanks for your service. You were a great Yankee while it lasted. Hey, if that's his only Yankee appearance, man, he did the job. Um, and after the game, like five minutes after, Severino uh, was reinstated from, from from his sneeze. So, uh, that whole thing was a joke. Um, he never even tested positive. Uh, the defense was great this series. The defense was good this game. Donaldson made nice plays. Marwin had a huge play coming into right field late and making the play and saving saving a, an extra base hit. Defense was, was good. Judge was making plays this series. Glaber, you know, staying on the bag in the middle game. Um, yeah, it, it, was, it was a good series for the defense. Um, offensively, pretty quiet, but uh, two guys in my opinion, had the biggest impact. And one of them is, his name is Anthony Rizzo, who went three for 10 this series, two singles, a homer, two stolen bases, two RBIs, one strikeout, no walks, and six total bases for Anthony Rizzo this series. Listen, man, he's been hitting well. He now has three multi-hit games this month. That was something he he had only done once in the entire month of May. So, as I've said, he's definitely looking more like April Rizzo. Um, Well, I shouldn't say that. But I do think... I don't think he's going to be as good as he was in April. But I also don't think he's going to be as bad as he was in May. He's going to be something in the middle. And that's kind of what we're getting so far in June. You know, something in the middle. And that's good. That's fine. He's been good. Um, Two huge hits in the final game. He's been picking up big hits all season for them. He's been clutch for them. He also has, you know... Besides the RBIs and homers, which we just talked about, he's got six stolen bases on the season. He again, he's not a fast guy. He's a big dude. He's a big white dude at that. Um, no, but but he leads baseball and and taking third base. He leads, I think, with three stolen bases at third this year. So that's pretty cool. Um, but yeah, I mean, he's just been good. The bat, the defense, but what he provides to this team, Rizzo doesn't always show up on. Uh, baseball savant right just the leadership the clutch factor just the things he does for this team man the intangibles are are why you gotta love a guy like Rizzo um he's just like I've said I don't know why we went so long without getting lefties in this lineup but now we see the benefits of it of a Rizzo of a Matt Carpenter it's so nice, and it would be nice to get at least one more in there, <clears throat> Ben Attendee, by the deadline, or Hap, a switch hitter. Like, that'd be great. But um, we're not even going to mention those two clowns um, who play in the outfield for the Yankees right now because things are going too well. I, I don't even care about them. They did not impact this series in a negative way because everybody else picked up their shitty slack. Um, but yeah, Rizzo had a heck of a series. Isaiah Kiner-Falefa had a good series, and he's our other featured player of the series in three games. He played in all three games. Um, three for nine, two singles and a double, an RBI, no strikeouts to the series, and a walk, four total bases for IKF. He's had a decent year hitting the ball, man. Um, he's batting over 300, and he batted over 300 in April, um, and then he's batting over 300 right now in June. So he had one down month, but outside of those two, that one month, he's been over 300 in the other two. Um, and he's doing what he's supposed to do. A bottom of the order bat, 
considered a light hitter, not going to do much, but he's good enough to, you know, slap the base hit and pick up clutch RBIs, and you know, he'll have his streaks where he's very productive, and he'll have his down streaks. So he's a pretty decent light-hitting bottom-of-the-order bat. For a light hitter, he's not a terrible hitter, if that makes any sense. He's a he's 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 done a fine job offensively. I would like for him to pick up his shortstop defense because he made another error last night. Has not looked good. They a lot of his errors this year have not been ruled errors, so I it's been worse than the numbers say. Um but I'm sure the metrics are, are, are not too kind of him and the eye test backs that up. But offensively I don't think he's been terrible. I think he's been solid. I'm a big IKF fan. Um, he's picked it up lately, so good for him. Another good series, man. Again, this was a shorter episode. Um, eight walk-off wins on the year now for the Yankees. So they're doing it all. Blowouts, close games, walk-offs, comebacks. Like They're doing it all. There was a stat. I think they mentioned this during the first game. Um, they said the Yankees have the best win percentage in baseball in games where they don't hit a home run. That's pretty cool. Uh, now, part of that, of course, is due to their prestigious pitching. But I also think part of that is due to they've got more guys who are getting timely hits this season, right? Eight walk-off wins. I don't know how many were homers, but there's been a few of them who where, where they've been singles and sack flies, right? Um, Donaldson picking up a few of each of those Glaber in there. Like there's been some that haven't been home runs. Like they've been, they've been a lot more clutch. The numbers may not say it because in runners in scoring position, they still go through these dreadful stretches. Um, and that's ultimately going to keep me concerned about this lineup. It always is just the way it's structured, but it does seem like they have more of a clutch factor this season. Um, and, and yeah, here we are 47 and 16. And again, guys, I, I said, before the Minnesota Twins series a week or so ago, I said this. I said, I want the Yankees, I, I want to see them go 14-5 and five on this upcoming stretch against the Twins, Cubs, Rays, Jays, Rays again, and the Astros. Okay, That is a 19-game stretch right? that was, they're in the midst of right now. So I said I wanted to see them go 14-5 and five against those teams. So far... Against the Twins, Cubs, and Rays, they've gone eight and one. So they're eight and one so far, and that would mean they'd have to go six and four to accomplish that feat that I want them to accomplish. So if they go fourteen and five, I would cons- I-, I would call them. I-, I think I would buy in. I would buy in, and I would start using the term special because that's pretty impressive. If they go 14-5, and five, which is around the win percentage they have now, it's over 700. If they go 14-5 and five on this stretch, I would start using that term special. I think I would, I think I would throw it out there. Uh, if they go 14-5, and five, they're 8-1 so far. So, pretty impressive, man. I, I can't say anything but good things in this episode. Um, again, the, the two clowns, we'll save for another show. We, we ripped them enough as it is. But for a short episode, guys, that... That's going to be it. Um, we're going to head to our final break. Get back. We'll wrap it up with the NYY, NYK, MMA question of the day. And that'll be that. Stay with us. Be right back. All right, folks. Now, if you are listening 
to BD4 on Apple Podcasts, be sure to give us a five-star rating and a review, if you so please. So once again, this is if you are listening to BD4 on Apple Podcasts, give us a five-star rating and review. Thank you. Hey guys, I hope you're enjoying this episode. But first, I also want to let you know I have another blog. The blog I'm writing for is on ultimatesportsnetworks.com titled The Bomber Bocker Blog. If you want to go subscribe to this blog, you should do so using my promo code 6A2841ERJC. Using that, you'd get a discount $7.99 a month to get the best Knicks and Yankees opinionated content around. Once again, guys, the Bomber Bocker blog on ultimatesportsnetworks.com using promo code 6A2841ERJC, $7.99 a month. A custom wall tapestry is a surefire way to uplift any room's aesthetics with a personal touch. This 100% polyester wall tapestry comes with hemmed edges for extra durability while its mildew and water resistant properties ensure years worth of decorating bliss. The advanced tapestry printing techniques guarantee crisp detail even for the craziest of designs in any of the multiple size choices. You can select a size of 26 by 36 inches, 51 by 60, 68 by 80, and 88 by 104. These wall tapestries usually ship in 7 to 10 business days, and the price ranges from $24.99 to $69.99, all dependent on the size you select. The Bomber Bocker blog wall tapestries come in orange, gray, and black. But most importantly, be sure when purchasing a wall tapestry for the Bomber Bocker blog that you use promo code 6A2841ERJC. 6A2841ERJC. Just go to ultimatesportsnetworks.com and click on the Shop MVP tab, searching the Bomber Bocker blog. And there you have it. Welcome back to BD4, episode 381. Let's get to our NYY, NYK, MMA question of the day to wrap this episode up. So, for episode 381, our NYY, NYK, MMA question of the day brought to you by Anchor. It's going to be a true or false. Alright? True or false. When Ichiro was traded to the Yankees in 2012, the very first game he played with the team came against the Mariners at Safeco. True or false. 
When Ichiro was traded to the Yankees in 2012, the very first game he played with the team came against the Mariners at Safeco. Is that true or false? Let me know the answer wherever you can reach me. If you get the answer correct, I will give you or your blog, your podcast, or whatever it is you want to promote. I will get that out there and give you a shout out in the next episode. Um, If you get the answer incorrect, but you at least attempt to guess the answer, I will let you know what the answer is in the next episode. So one last time, folks. True or false, when Ichiro was traded to the Yankees in 2012, that was a fun time, the very first game he played with the team came against the Mariners at Safeco. Is that true or false? All right, guys, I think that's it. That's all we've got for this show. Um, I think we said everything we've needed to say. This team just keeps rolling. Um, again, eight walk-off wins. I think the 2009... You know, like a lot of team, a lot of people are obviously comparing this team to the 98 Yankees. You're hearing a lot about that. The 98 Yankees, the 98 Yankees, the 98 Yankees, this and that. I was, you know, I was three years old then. Okay, so I, I can't really have an opinion on that 98 team. I don't know enough. Um... Obviously, they were remarkable, probably the best team of all time, for uh, best sports team maybe even. But what I can compare them to, um, if we're talking, you know, magical type of seasons, is the 2009 season, right? Because that's really the only World Series I can semi-remember um, is in 2009. And in 2009, that was also the year of the walk-off for the Yankees. Uh, they picked up 17 of them. Which is ridiculous. I don't. I don't know that they'll get there because um, they have eight, and they would have to more than double that the rest of the way here, which could happen. But I don't know. But um, if we're gonna compare teams, I, I do find a lot of similarities between this team's Yankees and, and uh, this year's Yankees in 2009. But um, you know, the clutch hitting. The, vet, the mix of vets, role players, and solid young players. Like, there's some comparisons. The hunger, the pitching being great. So, we'll see where it goes. Guys, thanks. I appreciate it. Um, see you next time. This podcast is brought to you by Anchor. It's the best way to make a podcast. Download the Anchor app or go to anchor.fm 